Welcome back, friends. Bill Creasy here with Wednesday's episode of Scripture Uncovered. So after our series on Solomon's Song of Songs, a frankly erotic love poem, I decided to go back and have a look at King Solomon himself. And on Monday, we went all the way back to the very beginning, to the story of David and Bathsheba. David raped Bathsheba and had her husband, Uriah the Hittite, murdered to cover it up, along with Uriah's men. That was a very bad thing to do. But the child born to David and Solomon very quickly dies. David prayed and prayed that the Lord not take the child, but the Lord did. And I think rather mercifully, because I'm not sure what it would be like for that little boy to grow up in the home of David. Well, Bathsheba becomes pregnant again with Solomon. And Solomon, indeed, is born. And we witnessed that on Monday. And I said at the time, imagine what it would be like to grow up in the home of David and Bathsheba. David already had seven wives and many children, in fact, his oldest son, Amnon, raped David's third son, Absalom's sister, Tamar. And Absalom killed Ammon in revenge. Son number two appears to have died in infancy. We know nothing of him. But now the eldest surviving son is Adoniah. And if we turn over to 1 Kings chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, we read, When King David was old and well advanced in years, he could not keep warm even when they put the covers over him. So his servants said to him, Let's look for a young virgin to attend the king and take care of him. She can lie beside him so that our lord the king may keep warm. Huh, sounds like a plan to me. We're going to find the most beautiful girl in all the land. And they have a beauty contest, I'll bet, just like happened in the book of Esther. And they find the most beautiful girl. Her name is Abishag the Shunammite. And when we were covering our Solomon's Song of Songs series, I speculated that Abishag the Shunammite was that early love, that young girl, the most beautiful girl in all the land that was brought in to take care of David. And we're told pointedly that the king had no relations with her. Listen as I continue with verse 3. So they searched throughout all Israel for a beautiful girl and they found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The girl was very beautiful. She took care of the king and waited on him. But, importantly, the king had no intimate relations with her. Now, Adoniah, whose mother was Haggith, put himself forward as the eldest surviving son and said, I will be king. It's time. My father is old. He's well advanced in years. He can't keep warm even when they put the covers over him. He is fading quickly, and he's not able to govern. It's time for me to be king. 
So Adonai got chariots and horses ready with 50 men to run ahead of him. And parenthetically, his father had never interfered with him by asking, why do you behave as you do? Now Adoniah was also very handsome and was born next after Absalom, telling us that he is David's eldest surviving son. Very handsome young man. And I bet with the name Adoniah, well, you can only imagine what he must have looked like. Now Adoniah conferred with Joab, General Joab, son of Zariah, David's commanding officer, and with Abiathar the priest, and they gave him their support. But Zadok the priest, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, Nathan the prophet, Shimei, and Reah, and David's special guard did not join Adoniah. So we have a division in the palace. There's going to be a palace coup. Adoniah sacrificed sheep, cattle, and fattened calves at the stone of Zaholeth near Enrogal. And he invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah who were royal officials. There's going to be a coronation of Adoniah. But he did not invite Nathan the prophet or Benaiah, head of David's bodyguard and a really tough character, or the special guard, or his brother Solomon. Adonai knows there's something afoot with Solomon. Nathan the prophet is the one who confronted David over Bathsheba, and Nathan has allied himself with Bathsheba. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, captain of David's personal bodyguard, tough character. Well, he won't turn his back on David. He'll do exactly what David wants. And so with the special guard, under the command of Benaiah and Solomon. Nathan knew. He knew what was afoot. Then Nathan asked, asked Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Have you not heard that Adoniah, the son of Haggith, has become king without our Lord David's knowing it? Did you know about this? No, she said. Now then, said Nathan, let me advise you how you can save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Because given that Bathsheba, nor Nathan, nor Benaiah, nor the special guard, nor Solomon were invited to the coronation, Adoniah plans to do away with all of them, off with their heads. So Nathan said to Bathsheba, Go into King David and say to him, And my lord the king, Did you not swear to me, your servant? Surely Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Did you not say that to me? Now I can imagine that after all the events that followed from the David and Bathsheba story over in 2 Samuel 11, that David tried to make it up to Bathsheba. I can imagine them in bed late one night, the pillow talk going on. And David said to Bathsheba, you know, what I did was so wrong and so, such an affront to God. I want to make it right. 
I want to make our son Solomon king after me. Solomon, son number 10, way down the line. Bathsheba must have told Nathan, and Nathan now reminds her. Did you not say, did David not say to you, Solomon will be king? So you say to David, why then has Adoniah become king? And while you're there talking to the king, I will come in and confirm what you said. So Bathsheba went to see the aged king in his room where Abishag the Shunammite was attending him. Bathsheba bowed low and knelt before the king. Now Bathsheba has spent, Solomon will become king at 30 years old. And time has passed, 30 years in the palace. And Bathsheba has not been an innocent neophyte. She may have been at the beginning, but she's certainly not now. Bathsheba is a very shrewd mover. She went to the king, bowed down before him, and the king asked, what is it you want? And she said to him, my lord, you yourself swore to me, your servant, by the Lord your God, Solomon your son shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne. Do you remember when you said that? It was late one night. We had had a lovely dinner together. You gave me flowers. And you told me that in our bed. But now Adoniah has become king. And you, my lord the king, do not know about it. He has sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep, and has invited all the king's sons, Abiathar the priest and Joab the commander of the army. But he's not invited Solomon, your servant, our son. Huh. My lord the king, the eyes of all Israel are on you and learn from you who will sit on the throne of my lord the king after him. Otherwise, as soon as my lord the king is laid to rest with his fathers, I and my son Solomon will be treated as criminals. We will be arrested and executed. You know this, David. You know how this works. And while she was still speaking with the king, Nathan the prophet, sure enough, arrived. And they told the king, Nathan the prophet is here. So he went in, in before the king and he bowed low. And Nathan said, Have you, my lord the king, declared that Adoniah shall be king after you and that he will sit on your throne? Have you made that announcement unbeknownst to me? Because today he has gone down and sacrificed great numbers of cattle, fattened calves and sheep. And he has invited all the king's sons, the commanders of the army, and Abiathar the priest. In fact, right now, as we're speaking, they're eating and drinking with him and saying, Long live King Adoniah! But me, your servant your loyal, faithful servant for decades now, and Zadok the priest, and Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, your most trusted man, 
and your servant Solomon, he did not invite. Now, is this something my lord the king has done without letting his servants know who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Is this something you did, David? Then King David sat up in the bed. And David said, Call in Bathsheba. So she came into the king's presence and stood before him. The king then took an oath. As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of every trouble, I will surely carry out today what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne in my place. And then Bathsheba bowed low with her face to the ground and kneeling before the king said, May my lord, King David, live forever. David said, Call in Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, and Benaiah son of Jehoiada. And when they came before the king, he said to them, Take your lord's servants with you and set Solomon my son on my own mule, not a donkey, but a war animal. And take him down to the Gihon Spring. There have Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel. Blow the trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon! And then you are to go up with him. And he is to come and sit on my throne and reign in my place. I have appointed him ruler over Israel and Judah. So Benaiah son of Jehoiada answered the king, Amen. And may the Lord, the God of my lord the king, so declare it. As the Lord was with my Lord the King, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than that of King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and the Pelophites, the mercenaries who worked for Benaiah, who had been with David since back in the outlaw days. They went down and put Solomon on King David's mule and escorted him to the Gihon spring. Zadok the priest took the horn of oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon. And then they sounded the trumpet and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon! And all the people went up after him, playing flutes and rejoicing greatly. So the ground shook with the sound. Adoniah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finishing their feast. On hearing the sound of the trumpet, Joab asked, What's the meaning of all the noise in the city? Even as he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abiathar, the priest, arrived. Adonijah said, Come in, come in, a worthy man like you must, must be bringing good news. Oh, not at all, Jonathan answered. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. The king ascended with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and Pelethites. And they put him on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon. And from there, they have gone up cheering, and the city resounds with it. That's the noise you hear. Moreover, Solomon has taken his seat on the royal throne. Also, the royal officials have come to congratulate our Lord King David, saying, May your God make Solomon's name more famous than yours, and his throne greater than yours. And the king bowed in worship on his bed. And he said, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who has allowed my eyes to see a successor on my throne today. Well, at this, all Adonijah's guests rose in alarm and dispersed. They ran away. But Adonijah 
in fear of Solomon, went and took horn of a hold of the horns of the altar. Solomon was told, Adonai is afraid of King Solomon. He's clinging to the horns of the altar, the place of uh, safety, of, of, of refuge. He says, let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with a sword, which is exactly what Adonai would have done with Solomon. And Solomon replied, if he shows himself to be a worthy man, not a hair of his head will fall to the ground, but if evil is found in him, he will die. Then King Solomon sent men, and they brought him down from the altar, and Adonai came and bowed down to King Solomon, and Solomon said, Go home. When the time drew near for David to die, he gave a charge to Solomon, his son. David said to Solomon, I am about to go the way of all the earth. So be strong, show yourself a man, and observe what the Lord your God requires. Walk in his ways and keep his decrees and commands, his laws and requirements as written in the law of Moses, so that you may prosper in all you do and wherever you go, and that the Lord may keep his promise to me. If your descendants watch how they live, and if they walk faithfully before me with all their heart and soul, you will never fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. Now, Solomon, my son, come close. And David reached up and took him by the, the collar and pulled his head down toward David. And he said, You yourself know what Joab, son of Zariah, did to me, what he did to the two commanders of Israel's armies, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He killed them shedding their blood in peacetime as if in battle. And with that blood stained the belt around his waist and the sandals on his feet. Joab has been my commanding general for many years. Joab and I came up together as outlaws on the run from King Saul. Joab is a brilliant general, but he's also a conniver and a stone-cold killer. He has sided with Adoniah. Now, deal with him according to your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to the grave in peace. Kill Joab. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillai of Gilead and let them be among those who eat at your table. They stood by me when I fled from your brother Absalom. He is a friend and an ally. Take care of Barzillai and his family. And remember, you have with you that little weasel Shimei, son of Gerza, and the Benjamite from Baharim, who called down bitter curses on me the day I went to Mahanaim. When he came down to meet me at the Jordan, I swore to him by the Lord, I will not put you to death by the sword. But now, do not consider that little weasel innocent. You are a man of wisdom. You will know what to do to him. Kill him. Bring his gray head down to the grave in blood. 
Then David took his last breath and died. David rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. He had reigned 40 years, an entire generation over Israel, seven years in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was established firmly. Solomon has now become king. Now, when we studied Solomon's Song of Songs, and I speculated that the lost love, the first love, the one that he truly loved, the only one perhaps he truly loved, was this young young girl, Abishag the Shunammite. And I speculated then that Adoniah may well have been in love with her too, because now, with Solomon on the throne, Adoniah, the son of Haggith, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and Bathsheba asked him, do you come peacefully? He answered, yes, peacefully. And then he added, I have something to say to you. And as we know from having studied this chapter in our series on the Song of Songs, he asked for the hand of Abishag the Shunammite. I've lost the throne. I've lost the kingship. Let me take Abishag the Shunammite as my wife, and we'll go off to the countryside, have a passel of children, and you'll never have to bother with us again. Bathsheba is a maker of kings. She's politically astute, one might even say shrewd at this point. She's learned living 30 years in the palace with David and his advisors and men. She didn't see anything untoward with this. If indeed it was Adoniah maneuvering toward the throne by marrying Abishag the Shunammite, we know that she had no intimate relations with the king. She's not a wife. She's not a concubine. She's simply his nurse. So marrying her would have no effect on Adonai's claim to the kingship. He had a legitimate claim. He was the eldest surviving son. But marrying Abishag would not have changed anything. I think both he and Solomon were in love with her. And when Bathsheba goes to Solomon and asks for Abishag the Shunammite to be Adonai's wife, Solomon went bonkers. In 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 23, Solomon swore by the Lord, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Adoniah does not pay with his life for this request. And now, as surely as the Lord lives, he who has established me securely on the throne of my father David and has founded a dynasty for me as he promised, Adoniah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon gave orders to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he struck down Adoniah, and he died. To Abiathar the priest, 
The king said, go back to your fields in Anatoth. You deserve to die, but I will not put you to death at this time because you carry the ark of the sovereign Lord before my father David and shared in my father's hardships. So Solomon removed Abiathar from the priesthood of the Lord, fulfilling the word the Lord had spoken at Shiloh about the house of Eli. When the news reached Joab, who had conspired with Adoniah, though not with Absalom, he fled to the tent of the Lord and took hold of the horns of the altar, again, a place of sanctuary. King Solomon was told that Joab had fled to the tent of the Lord and was beside the altar. Solomon then ordered Benaiah son of Jehoiada, kill him. So Benaiah entered the tent and he said to Joab, the king says, come out. No, I will die here. Benaiah reported to the king. This is how Joab answered me. Then the king commanded Benaiah, fine, strike him down and bury him and so clear me of my father's house of the guilt of the innocent blood that Joab shed. Kill him right there at the horns of the altar. The Lord will repay him for the blood he shed, because without the knowledge of my father David, he attacked two men and killed them with the sword, both of them, Abner, son of Ner, commander of Israel's army, the northern kingdom, and Amasa, son of Jether, commander of Judah's army. They were both better men than he, and may the guilt of their blood rest on the head of Joab and his descendants forever. So Joab, Abaniah, son of Jehoiada, went up and struck down Joab and killed him. He was buried in his own land in the desert. The king put Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, over the army in Joab's position and replaced Abiathar with Zadok, the priest. And then the king sent for Shimei. And he said to him, build yourself a house in Jerusalem and live there, but do not leave the city. The day you leave and cross the Kidron Valley, you can be sure you will die. Your blood will be on your own head. Keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Shimei answered the king, What you say is good. Your, Your servant will do as my lord the king has said. And Shimei stayed in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later, Two of Shimei's slaves ran off to Achish, son of Maacah, king of Gath. Gath, Philistine territory, down by the coastal plain. And Shimei was told, your slaves are in Gath. At this, he saddled his donkey, went to Achish, king of Gath, in search of the slaves. So Shimei went away and brought the slaves back from Gath. Now, when Solomon was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned, the king summoned Shimei, and he said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and warn you on the day you leave and go anywhere else, you will die? At that time, you said to me, What you say is good, I will obey. So why then did you not keep your oath to the Lord and obey the command I gave you? The king also said to Shimei, You know in your heart all the wrong you did to my father David. Now the Lord will repay you for your wrongdoing. But King Solomon will be blessed 
and David's throne will remain secure before the Lord forever. The king gave the order to Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, and he killed Shimei, struck him down. And the kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's hands. Well, Solomon is seated upon the throne of David. If you want to understand the story of King David and Solomon, watch The Godfather, Part 1. The ending of The Godfather, Part 1, when Michael Corleone has become the Godfather, his father has died, he is elevated to the position. He was the youngest son, not the one in line to be Godfather, but his father knew that he had the skill and the practicality and the brutality to be Godfather. So when he's literally becoming a Godfather of his sister's son in the church with the priest saying, do you renounce Satan and all his works? And the camera cuts to the assassinations taking place, eliminating any danger to Michael Corleone. This is exactly the same story. And I'll bet you anything Mario Puzo took that story from this story. The kingdom now is now firmly in Solomon's hands. Solomon. The Godfather. How about that, folks? Well, thank you for being here with me this Wednesday, and I will see you again on Friday, and we'll continue with the story of King Solomon. What will he do now that he has the kingdom firmly in hand? We shall find out on Friday. Okay, blessings to you. Good being with you as always. I'll see you again in a couple of days. Bye-bye now. <music>